Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of D. Gervin and Vic Mo. I'm Ricky Hampton, along with former NBA players Derek Gervin and Paul Mokeski, coming to you live on a Monday night, coming to you live on the Believe uh, Sports Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. You can catch our podcast on any of the favorite uh, podcasts that you, uh, sites you'd like to go to. What's up, D? What's up, Big Mo? How you gentlemen doing? Hey, good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. Hello, Ricky. How you doing? Doing good. If you hear doorbell ringing, we're still uh, starting Halloween. So we might have some kids. So the trick-or-treaters might be out. We don't get very many anymore, though. Everybody, you know, everybody does it, you know, at a a mall or, or something like that. Yeah. Public gathering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys kick it off, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers are not going to lose all 82 regular season games. They got that W last night. <laughs> and they celebrated like it was a championship. <laughs> well, not everybody, not Patrick Beverly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I was glad to see it happen. Um, wow. Russ has been getting a lot of grief uh, during the course of the year already early. And, of course, uh, Anthony Davis has been having some ongoing problems often, you know, with the injuries. So they started off zero and five, uh, but the guys were playing well. And I keep telling people, um, you know, this is any team. If you're shooting bass, you don't have a chance. Uh, What I saw, the positive, even though they were zero and five, they were getting good shots. They just weren't making shots. So if you're not making shots, regardless of what team you are, you're not going to do very well. And I just thought uh, last night they played well uh, against Denver. They were very impressive. Uh, they shot 13 for 30 from three-point, uh, 43%. And they were effective. Uh, Russ played well coming off the bench. I thought that was a big factor. Uh, they played two games so far, Russ coming off the bench. Uh, the first game he struggled shooting-wise, six for 19. Uh, he had five turnovers, but he played very aggressive. And he just looked like a different guy. His body language was different. Same thing, uh, the game against Denver. He played very well. Uh, the 18 points were big. He had all his points were meaningful. The eight of rebounds and the eight assists. And he played a good game. Um, and all of the guys stepped up. And uh, they finally got that off the snide, as they say. Uh, <laughs> LeBron played well. AD sucked it up, uh, had 23 points and 15 uh, rebounds, even though his back has been bothering him. Uh, he took it to Jokic early. Uh, yeah, I think he had 12 points in like the first seven minutes. Uh, he I had a few jumper. Yeah, I think he ended up with 37. Yeah, he played really well. They, they, they played a good game, a good solid uh, 48 minutes. Yeah, I mean, um, it was it was nice to see that uh, they looked more like a team. They were, it looked like they were enjoying playing together. And, um, you know, uh, uh, Austin Reeves made a N1 and uh, – and uh, Westbrook went over and was really happy for him. And, um, you know, you know that was good to see. But uh, you know what? Uh, they didn't get good shooters overnight. They had a good shooting night. They shot 43% from the three. But they still don't have shooters on that team. And, you know, in reality, they're going to be what they're going to be. And Russ coming off the bench, people out there, you need to understand, man. Players out there, younger players out there, starting isn't everything. 
Believe me, you're talking to a guy to play 12 years in the NBA and started for one year. It's not everything. It's the minutes you play and the quality minutes you play. So uh, uh, Russell Westbrook decided to, you know, it's okay. I'm going to do what I can to help the team. I'm going to come off the bench. And guess what? You're right. He had a he had a good team. He had eight a game. He had 18 points and 18 rebound, uh, eight rebounds and eight assists. And he played hard and he had meaningful points. And the fact of the matter is, guess what? He played more minutes when he came off the bench than he does when he was a starter. He ended up playing uh, 32 minutes. He's only averaging 30 minutes a game anyway. It doesn't matter if you're starting or not. It's how you can help the team. And, and you know, that that was good to see. Um, and I think, you know, because he's averaging 13 and 7. So, uh, you know, maybe he found a little niche for himself and he can help that team win. We all know Anthony Davis has to stay healthy or, you know, they just don't have enough horses. And <clears throat> you were right, Derek, when you talked, I don't know, a month or so ago on how you like uh, uh, some of their bench guys. And Lonnie Walker is now starting, and he had 18 points last night. Uh, he's a good player. He, and I looked up, I'm like, is that a fluke? He's actually averaging 14 points a game. And he's having a solid uh, season so far. It's really early. But if you can have someone like that step into the starters position and be productive, and you can be, and you can bring Westbrook off the bench, you know, that that just makes it easier. I, I tell you, for a coach, when you have guys step up like that, it just makes it easy. And, um, you know, it, it's a it's a, a bright light for them. Uh, you know, they were really struggling. But, uh, you know, their roster is still not very strong. If someone goes down, forget about it. Uh, and they don't have really good shooters. So uh, we'll see. But, uh, you know, they'll they'll battle for, you know, one of those last playoff spots. Yeah, only reason I even give them a chance is because, and I don't mean to be like a top team, they're not going to be that, and we know that. The reason I give them a chance, Paul, is I think they can um, – those guys are going to be 30% shooters, three-point shooters when the season's over. And I think, you know, his shooting balances out. I don't think they – we know they're not great shooters, but they have some decent shooting guys. And I think Patrick Beverly will shoot better. The only one I question is Russ. And I just think I don't. I think they'll be a mid-tier team, but you know we know that Paul in the Western Conference, well, e- either conference, mid-tier teams are not doing very well. Those six, seven, eight teams, uh, that's almost a death sentence in this game. So I'm hoping they continue to uh, get better. But as we know, and you said, AD has to stay healthy. So a lot of this, uh, that has to do with a lot of it as we move down this season. Yeah, the other good sign was they they beat a good team. Denver is a really good team, and Denver had all their players, and Denver uh, played hard. And they still bones highline. What's that? No, no bones highline. Yeah, but my, for, my God, that, that's big. That's like missing Tyrese Maxey. Uh, they got they, they got lost. They got Murray back. They have the Joker. You know, so they they didn't beat Orlando. Sorry, yeah, they Orlando. Beat a good team. Oh, yeah, you know, they beat so a good they team. so they beat a good team. So that's a good sign, and. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, um, it was fun to see them in the locker room a little bit. I, you know, when I got my first win as a G league, D league coach, it was kind of like that. And it was really uh, fun as a, you know, you've been an assistant for so long. He's been an assistant for a long time and uh, to get a, a win as the head coach is a big deal, but uh, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I think, 
I don't know who they play coming up, but we'll see if this carries over, which, you know, Derek, well, it, it, usually, it usually does. You know, when you get on this roll, it kind of carries over. Yeah. I think they got the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think I, about I, these? Oh, go ahead, Ricky. I'm sorry. I need you back. Good. No, okay. I, I'm, no I'm, I'm back. Go ahead, Derek. Go ahead I was going to move over to the, I was going to move over to my former team. Cause those are the two uh, teams you want to really, if you think about it, uh, last two years, you go back, it was the Lakers and Brooklyn. Everyone was talking about. And the people realize that Kyrie and KD now it's been what, like four years, I believe. So uh, <laughs> to see them struggling like this, um, I think they're going to get better. This is why I'm not panicking on Brooklyn. Um, TJ Warren has been out so far all season. Uh, he's a very good player, good scorer, a guy that can get you between 15 and 25 a night. And then you got uh, Seth Curry, who's also been out. Uh, he's been out for a minute now. I believe Seth, I'm trying to see what's his injury because uh, he's been out for a little period of time. So when you get those two guys back, I don't think you can break up the ship yet until you see what you got. Um, but I think if you bring those two guys back and you try to integrate them into the system with Ben and all the guys that have been there, I think we could find uh, it'll be a better measure of what kind of team Brooklyn is. And then if that doesn't work out, then later on down the line, you start talking about possible trade opportunities. But with those two guys coming back, I think it makes them a better team. Yeah, Joe Harris hasn't been 100% yet either. He's coming back from a pretty serious injury. and He's played and played some games and takes some games off. Um, so when he gets more acclimated into the roster, I think that'll help. And we all know what's going to happen. I, I'll tell you what's going to happen. If, if they go mediocre for the next month, they're going to fire Steve Nash. They're going to fire the coach because it's his fault, obviously, um, even though he doesn't play and he's not on the court. And, uh, you know, maybe – Maybe, and I hope, because uh, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, uh, Jock Vaughn gets a chance to to uh, co- be a head coach again. He, he was a head coach in Orlando, um, did okay, but not great. So, uh, But that's the business of the NBA people out there. You know, if, if players struggle, uh, coaches get fired first, unless you're a pop or someone like that. And then they look at those trades like you're talking about, uh, Derek, to kind of change it up a little bit. Uh, yeah, maybe it. Maybe Kyrie and uh, Kevin Durant are coach the team. Yeah, uh, they, and then, they should be able to. Well, that's, well, that's they don't need a coach. You, but, but keep <laughs> politics out of the locker room, though. That, that, that's know. what he said. He can't hey, help himself. Kyrie no, can't Ricky, help but, himself. Ricky, did you hear that, though? No, I meant what I said. You keep politics out of the locker room, though. Uh, they have yeah, enough he, going on. You don't want to have to own it or have to go speak up, uh, you know, speak out on some com- some things that Kyrie has done recently once again. Uh, Cleveland, Boston, here we go again. And I'm not saying that what he's supporting is wrong. I'm saying how he's going about it is wrong once again. This is a platform for basketball. And that's what he needs to be true to his team. It's a reason he didn't get extended. And you would think a guy would learn. I mean, sometimes his behavior reminds me some of the things that he do. Reminds me of Antonio Brown, man. I just don't get it. You, you always have to uh, cross, you know, go against the grain about everything. I'm saying it's the simplest thing. If the light is red, then he want to ask why couldn't it be yellowish? In some people's eyes, it might look greenish, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Focus on playing basketball. Be true to the team. Stop talking about loyalty like you do on the podium. You're only loyal when you go out there and you play basketball and you talk about basketball and quit act and, and quit bringing all these other things up. 
deal with that in your personal time. Let's win some basketball games, man. Yeah, he can't help hey. himself. He he's a, wasn't he wasn't he a flat Earth guy for a while? He, yes. he thought the Earth was flat. Uh, and then, and that's know, with, fine, Paul. But come on, why do we have to hear about it right now during the he, season? He told you last night in his press conference. He told us why we have to hear it. Because why don't why can't I say stuff? I'm a person just like everybody else in the country, so I can say everybody else can say what they want to say, so I can say what I can I I want to say. So he just doesn't get it that. You're not like everybody else in the country. You make $40 million a year. You play basketball for a living. You're not like everybody else. You have a responsibility to your team and your teammates. But he doesn't understand that, nor does he want to understand that. Hey, hey I, I, and just to let you guys know, I'm back. And, uh, man, we already got a ton of comments uh, from our viewers out there. We welcome you guys uh, to the show tonight. And we also want you to go to our new page, uh, We Got Nets. I got the link on there. The show is actually streaming on that page, too. And like that, like that page, because eventually we'll be going from this page over to We Got Nets or the Believe uh, uh, Sports Network. But, of course, tonight you'll get us here on, on this page. Uh, and Corleo Young says Steve Nash had never been coach of the Nets. Why is that? Uh, uh, I mean, was he the right pick? Probably not. But it's not like it's never been done before. Uh, you know, Mark Jackson came out of the uh, TV booth and was a head coach. Uh, Steve Kerr came from a general manager spot to be head coach, never coached before. So there's some to that, Corleone. I think there is some to that. But, you know, that's happened a, many, many times in the NBA that someone with no uh, coaching experience. Uh, there's somebody, I think, in Portland that is on top of the West Division, right, that uh, Billups has never been a coach before. And he's the head coach of a uh, NBA team. But uh you know, you know, whether he he's going to get if they don't turn around quickly, he's he'll be fired, uh, whether he deserved that shot at the time. Um, he, let's look at the position he was put in. I mean, you know, uh, Kyrie's not going to get vaccinated, so he won't play. Then uh, you're going to trade your bet. One of your best players, not your best player, the best player ever, probably offensively, James Harden. And you're going to get Ben Simmons, who guess what? After you make that trade, and you lose one of your best players. Ben Simmons isn't going to play that year either. So, you know, his situation in Brooklyn, we knew that from the beginning. Derek and I talked about it. I mean, Derek was talking about him getting uh, uh, Advil or whatever for all the headaches yeah, he's going to have. And now yeah. throw Kyrie in the mix. You got to yeah. deal with that every day. It, it, Man. It, I, this is beyond Steve Nash because he didn't bring in these players, first of all. Um, this is Sean Marks. That's the general manager. Uh, and then you come in and you got to – any team that you go to, it's going to be difficult when they're a team that's in the limelight. So you don't know what you got until you get all the guys together. Uh, you got to deal with personalities and all that. You got to fix all of those things before you start really being able to judge what a coach is about. Players have a job to do. And sometimes the players aren't held accountable when they should be. Um, a coach can only do so much. Paul, you've coached. If you got you can you can be the best coach every day. You can be the X and O guy. You can be this kind of guy. Just read through the lines of the game. But if you have players that can't execute it, 
or won't execute it, that's something that's out of your control. And that's why I think sometimes we get um, get coaches a bad rap. If you take a coach and put them on a certain, a different team that fits their style more, those teams have a tendency to do well. So sometimes it's not the coach. Sometimes we have to look more so at the players and um, how much do the players bring? Are you willing to yeah. go out of your comfort zone and do what's best for the team? I'll give you a great example. I was coaching the Reno Bighorns of the D League, now the G League. Uh, the first year um, uh, I took over and uh, we did okay. We lost in the playoffs, but it was okay. The next year, um, uh, as a head coach of the Reno Bighorns, uh, we were one of the best teams in the D League going into the showcase. And for you people out there, the D League, G League is a developmental uh, uh, league for the NBA. Everybody in the D League, G League wants to be in the NBA, and a lot of them get called up and go to the NBA, and we never see them again and have great careers. That's what that league is all about. And uh, after the first two months, we had one of the best records in the league. We played in the showcase. The showcase is where all the teams of the G League come together, and every team, any every NBA team has uh, general managers, scouts. Uh, all pro player personnel, all in the same arena watching all the games. And you play three or four days of games against other teams. And we were one of the best teams. And uh, I got uh, four of my starters after the um, uh, showcase. Uh, two of them got called up to the NBA. And two of them got multi-hundred, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollar contracts overseas. So they left as well. They should leave. And then, needless to say, without our four best players, we struggled for the rest of the season. And guess who got fired? <laughs> <laughs> the nature of the beast. Now, go ahead, D. No, I was ready to move on again, Ricky. I, you know, um, we've been kind of quiet on my guy now. You know, the next team, I don't know what I want to call them. Well, I won't say Enigma-type team, but now I got to move on to these L.A. Clippers. Boy, I tell you. Oh, man, trouble in paradise already. You got guys injured. Uh, John Wall is out uh, for management, which I can understand. Uh, my guy Kawhi has been off and on, more so off. And I just look at their team. Uh, you look at a very talented team. I would say one of the three deepest teams in the league, probably with Denver and uh, the Warriors. Milwaukee. From, from top to bottom. Well, no, I think they're even deeper than Milwaukee from top to bottom, Paul, where you can play 11, 12 guys. Um, but I just still don't believe in them mentally. Uh, I like Reggie Jackson. I like John Wall when he's playing. But sometimes I think their players are playing for the wrong reasons. It's more so uh, to get the bag, I would say, Paul. Sometimes it honestly seems that way to me, as opposed to playing for the betterment of the team to uh, come out of the basement, as they say, in L.A. and become that new powerhouse in L.A. Sometimes it seems like they really um, – something's missing, and the guys just don't seem to buy in and, and know how to get over the hump. Hey, yeah. uh Corleone calls them uh, not the Clippers, but the Slippers. The way they're playing hey, right now. Hey, Corleone. So if if the Clippers keep struggling, uh, they should fire uh, Ty Lu. Then, correct, uh, because he he's the head coach and he's been there for a while. Even though you know he's won a championship before and, and been pretty well, but if you apply it to Steve Nash, you have to apply it to Ty Lu too. Too early. We're, we're, 
I'll see if, if Corleone uh, mm. uh, responds to that. Hey, we, we, we uh, you know, Golden State is not uh, tearing things up. They came to uh, Detroit <laughs> last night, and the Pistons handled them pretty easily. And, Derek, I know you really aren't surprised by their slow start. You know, I'm not surprised at all. Why you guys are killing me? Why y'all keep – I told you the Warriors are not winning the title this year. I've said it before from day one. I'm going to continue to say it. They are not the same team that they were last year. And if you really look at last year in the finals, they were not the juggernaut warriors that we've seen in the past. Boston made a lot of uncharacteristic, uh, out-of-control mistakes. And it still went down to the wire. And people have to realize this. This was a new experience for Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown and those guys. And they held their own. This year, Golden State has had a lot of friction already early in the year. And I told you, that's what uh, stops dynasties from going further, from advancing more. Money, egos, dissension. And those that works for anybody. I don't care if they got Steph Curry. I don't care anything about that. They're another team. And all season, until they shore up that middle, they're definitely going to struggle. Because if you look at them right now, they don't really have great rim protection. Yeah, I what, mean, what? well, Wiseman's Wiseman's a little better than I thought he was, but uh, you throw that in, um, it's still early, um, and they still have a chance at it. I mean, they're not the odds-on favorite by any means, uh, but they're one of the top, one of the five that could probably win it or six. But and then you throw in the uh, Draymond Green pool situation that was it was not only sports news; it was world news. It was on CNN. It was on NBC and. You know, that has to affect that team chemistry, which over the past five, six, seven years, that team chemistry has meant everything to Golden State. And, and that's got them. They've had the talent, but that's, that team chemistry has got them over a lot of different humps. And, you know, you throw that incident that happened, um, you know, it, it's not like, you know, okay, we'll sweep it under the rug and everybody, oh, we shook hands and everybody. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. Other teams don't fear them anymore. You got a lot of good teams out there that think they're equal. Giannis is not worried about Golden State, I guarantee you. You <laughs> see how you treat Ben Simmons? So you got guys like that. They're not worried about – you deal with a Joel Embiid. I promise you he wouldn't be worried about Golden State. So you got T. Jokic is not worried about Golden State. I don't believe Phoenix is worried about Golden State. I don't believe Luka is worried about Golden State. So you got teams out there. The fear factor is gone, and that's a big part of the equation. I just think they're a very good team this year. I just don't think they're going to be a great team. Yeah, I don't think uh, the fear factor is something. I don't think I don't think any team has really feared Golden State since oh, KD left. Boy. Not since KD left. I don't think they feared them. I think last year a lot of teams feared them. Just Steph, because Steph just alone, he went on a roll and led yeah, the league in scoring and then pulled a rival of Poole and uh, Kaminga and all these guys. You know, Paul, we're talking about the teams that's not uh, the winning teams. You know how it is when you're just showing up to practice, Paul, and then when you're not mentally prepared, you have a tendency, some guys in that locker room, they idle Steph. They idle Clay. I'm not saying all the teams are afraid, but you know how the mental makeup of some guys, they're just intimidated. Yeah, and I don't, but I, I don't, I don't think team, you know, I don't think teams were intimidated or, or not since KD left. But I mean, Steph, yeah, for sure, and, and guys like that. But yeah. Hey, uh, 
Our friend Rudy Campos checks in and says, Happy Halloween, fellas. Hey, <laughs> Happy Halloween, Rudy. I, Happy I know, Rudy, you wore some <laughs> costume with your kids. I know you did. A, a scary, scary day. And Rudy says a scary team could be the Pacers. If they don't trade away Miles Turner or Buddy Hill, because they have uh, 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 Ben Matherin. Yeah. Halliburton and Matherin has really looked good as a, yeah. as a rookie. Rudy's a Matherin fan, and so am I. Uh, I don't know, Rudy. I like Indiana. It's just that I don't know. Are they deep enough? They have some good players on their team, uh, but it's so deep out there. If you look at all these teams from top to bottom, uh, I could see Indiana. Any team without a superstar, a bona fide superstar, I could see them competing like the first half of the season, even like the Spurs that we talked about. Teams like that I could see competing. And then I think uh, you just come back down to earth uh, as the season progresses and teams start fighting for these playoff spots. Hey, 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 speaking of, when you look at the West, uh, we talked about it before we went on the air. It's upside down there. You look at Portland, yep. on, uh, five and one, Phoenix, five and one, San Antonio, five and two, Utah, five and two. Golden State is in the 11th spot right now, three and four. Clippers uh, are at 12. Two and four. Uh, Lakers, one and five. Not that yeah. they would be competing anyway. Teams still uh, filling out their rotations, Ricky. Feel it figuring out their rotations. Yeah, yeah it's a, so uh, it's it's really early. And uh let's see, Portland young team, San Antonio young team, Utah young team, even OKC is three and three. They're in the playoff hunt. They're a young team. Uh they're more excited about the start of the season. Um, you know, but you're right. I mean, no one talked about San Antonio, no one talked about Utah. No, Oklahoma City has you know, 15 guys on their roster and 10 of them are 18 years or younger. But, you know, wow. but it, it's really early. And I'm telling you, uh, you know, Portland's five and one and, you know, Lillard's playing really well. And, you know, and the Suns are legit. Uh, San Antonio, I haven't seen play. Uh, Derek knows them more. Uh, Utah is, a you know, a bunch of no names. Nobody knows who they are. Um, uh, New Orleans is legit. Memphis is there. Minnesota, Denver, uh, Dallas, Golden State, Clippers are all below those teams. And I'm telling you, by Christmas, all those teams that are up there, like San Antonio and Utah, they're going to be down below. And all the teams like Denver, uh, Dallas, Golden State, Minnesota will be back up. Because after a while, I mean, Talent comes to the cream rises to the yeah. top, and with and with at yeah. six, five or six, uh, some teams have played seven games. You don't know what games they've played. Have they been on the road? Have they been against bad teams? Have they been back to backs? That all plays into records. Uh, this is my team. Denver is going to have a tough road. They got uh, thirteen out of the next nineteen on the road, so mm. we're going to find out well, soon about yeah, what kind see, of team well, they see, really have. You, you look at Phoenix, they're five and one, but they've played four games at home. They're four yeah. and oh at home. And I don't know, uh, uh, Derek, but do they still have the rodeo in San Antonio when they got to go on the road yeah. for about three weeks? Yes. Yep. That's coming up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they actually play well during that time, surprisingly. When they go on yeah. the road for that, yeah, they actually play really well. But sometimes Maybe if it's Paul getting away, getting away from that home cooking, Paul. 
Well, I think sometimes you, you get away and you kind of focus more on basketball, but it, it can be, do two things. If you're struggling as a team, uh, you know, you go on the road, it goes downhill. But if you got some kind of momentum, it could bring you closer together. You have more yeah, team yeah, together yeah, and yeah, you're on yeah. the plane, you're in a hotel, uh, you know, you have a, a, a video session and everybody meets at the hotel and they eat in the, in the, in the room. And, you know, you tend to stay closer together, maybe go to a movie. So if it's going well, road trips can really propel you into the next level. But if it's going bad, I was on a <laughs> A million years ago, I was with the with the uh, Cleveland Cadavers. That's what they call us because we were so bad. <laughs> and we went on a three week road trip um, on the West Coast, and you know we played the Clippers and the Lakers and Portland and Houston and and San Antonio when everybody was really good. And I think <laughs> I don't think we won a game. And that last game after three weeks on the road, we got beat in Portland by I think sixty. <laughs> Paul, did you guys go eat? Did you guys on the majority of the players? Did you guys go eat together and stuff like that? Yeah, mo mostly you know some dinners and, and and stuff like that, or you know maybe to a movie. But uh, you know times have changed. But we you know we had to fly commercial and and well, we got I mean, up and. I mean, as far as we talk about relationships, and you know how that can help a team, like kind of like Golden State. Still, I, I'm impressed by you got a lot of teams that you know they really bond. Mm -hmm. Not because it's just their job and they get the checks. Mm -hmm. The guys, the teams, I think those teams do really well when you get to know each other on the court and off the court. And I just think that makes guys buy in a lot more. Um, and then you look at the other side, like a Kawhi, and you know, he keeps to himself a lot. Uh, Russ, Westbrook, those kind of guys kind of can, I'm not saying they intentionally do it, but don't you think those guys can kind of cause division, pull a team apart a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks teams I was on, I mean, when we went on the road, you know, uh, we ate to get Jack Sigma, Larry Kristoviak, Jay Humphreys, uh, Paul Pressey, uh, Sidney Moncrief. We all would, at least every other uh, night or whatever, if we didn't have family or friends, we would eat together for sure. Hey, guys, when I, when I look at the NBA now, I mean – Everybody has talent. You, we were just calling off some teams, and and, and it's especially in the West. I mean, you look at Houston; they're one in six. I, I, they may be the weakest team in the West, but they got good players. What what I'm trying to get to is this: the most talent we've seen in the NBA from top to bottom. No. Throughout the, throughout the league? No. No. I mean, bad teams are bad to you. You know, every, every team has talent. Every NBA player, I don't care what you people say out there, every NBA player that's even sitting on a bench, like I did a lot of my career, can play the damn game. I mean, we were the best players in high school. I, I scored 48 points. I got 28 rebounds. I blocked 18 shots. I was a starter at Kansas for four years. I was a good basketball player. I just was a more of a bench guy in the NBA, but I could play the game. Everybody in the NBA can play the damn game. Uh, there's just different levels. I mean, could I play it like Moses Malone? Hell no. <laughs> you know, so unless you have some Moses and you got a lot of Mokeskis, you're in trouble. <laughs> hey, Paul, they're not like better skill-wise. They're allowed to do more things yeah. that aren't called. We're just being honest. 
They're allowed to take four, three, four, five steps now to get away from a defender. They're allowed to palm the ball. So they, some of these things are allowed. That'll make you a better player. And you gave me no same effect. Oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny, Derek? I was uh, unfortunately uh, uh, Linda, my wife, and I went and met a group uh, at one of the sports bars here, and, and we had a nice little area, and we watched the Packers get their asses kicked. But uh, there was some Milwaukee people there, and some old school people that saw me play in the Mecca, and and he was the guy was talking exactly like you just said. They don't call palming anymore. You can just carry the ball wherever you want. And you know what I said to him? I said, you're right. But you know where that all started? Way, way back. I think it started with, with uh, uh, Allen Iverson in Philly. Yeah, they let him pound the ball. They let him pound. Crossovers. Yeah. Well, you know what the refs used to say, though, back in the day? Well, that's his move. You know, that's yeah, his move. Yeah, well, this is Tom. Yeah, that's his move. You know, you got to let him do his move. So well, maybe my move is I take five steps. Can I do that? But that's just the way. It, and now, like you say, everybody, it's, it's not even called Palmy. It's a hesitation dribble. But you could put, I mean, just think, Derek, if they you could have done it, that. Yeah. Oh, my now God. Here, wait, now you, have you guys seen the new move? The listeners out there, I know some of you have seen it. I hope you have. Now we got a new move coming out. Uh, Jordan Poole did it first. And I saw Steph think, I believe, tried their last game. Now you basically paw your palm in the ball, the hezzy, mm-hmm. and now you switch it to this hand. So the ball <laughs> isn't fully, fully in your grasp. So isn't that a stop dribble, Paul? Yep. What's up? Yeah. And, but, well, but see, Poo yeah. had it in this hand. He put it in his hand, and then he switched it back over. <laughs> and they were saying that looked like a double dribble. Yeah, because it was. Because it That's is. Yeah. Totally stopping, you're actually stopping your dribble, and yeah. then you start your dribble again, yeah. and you're going by the guy. You'll see that move more and more because well, you know yeah. the followers. That, well, that's a, uh, what you're describing is a double dribble. Yeah. Well, well I'll tell you. Move is. And it's happened like like uh, Allen Iverson started the the the, you know, uh, you know he didn't start, but he really. Uh, effect. I mean, Tim Hardaway did the crossover as good as anybody I've seen, but he did it legally. Uh, Isaiah did it. I mean, Isaiah um, uh, Iverson did it kind of traveling. and But that's like the nature of the game, right? Um, you know, not many people. Elgin Baylor started the Eurostep. Uh, he had the Eurostep back in the day. But no one really, you know, and then uh, Ginobili was using the Eurostep and, and giving that extra little pushing it whoa is that traveling no you can do it now everybody seven footers do the the euro step right and, <laughs> that was bo, bo doing yeah he does the euro step <laughs> everyone does it the other move that if you're a post guy and i don't mean you're a seven foot post guy you could be a six two post guy ricky uh ricky pierce that we had on our show we posted him up all the time at six four because he's a good post player and he took advantage of the little guards but now if you're backing into the basket you can dribble, hold it, dribble, hold it, yeah, dribble, Luka hold it, oh, dribble, boy. hold it, Luka, dribble, Luka hold it. I mean, Ooh. so I, I can, if I could do that, you, you can't double team me because I can dribble, and then I see it, I'm holding it, I can pass it. So, but all those moves are now becoming normal. But really, Ricky, if the, to get back to the original question, um, is there more talent in the league? Um, Skill-wise, maybe a little bit, but that doesn't – like, I don't even know who's on the Rockets. I don't know. You know, I'm sure there's some good players. Everybody in the NBA is a good player, but you're, you're not Giannis or Luka or, you know, Kawhi yeah. or any of those guys. I, 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 
Hey, Ricky, let me say this so I can get a young guy some credit quickly. I'm going to say on the, on the average, I say a little more athletic. But one thing yeah. they're not that you never hear them talk about, fundamentals. Are they funda- Are they more fundamentally sound? See, in our area, you I, had to be fundamentally sound to uh, stay yeah. in, this, in the league. Yeah, but, but, but going back to uh, something you guys mentioned, I know Derek here in Michigan, you were all state, you were all everything. In college, your uniform hangs from the rafters of the University of Texas, San Antonio. Mo, you were all everything growing up in California. And and everybody in the NBA uh, was all everything when they were coming up. They were the guys that took the big shots on their team. Yeah, I had a – oh, you, Ricky, you've heard the story. I don't know if, Derek, you have, but <laughs> I was coaching in the CBA back in the day. Derek, you played in the CBA, really good players in the CBA. I mean, it was for people out there, the CBA was the G league before the G league, except with more veteran players. And, um, I was coaching, uh, uh, I can't remember which team it was. I've coached so many, but after a game on the road, we got a great win. And, uh, you know, we, we beat a good team on the road and we're you know going into the playoffs and everybody was happy in the locker room, except one guy I looked over there and he's all moping around and his head's down. He looks like he's mad. And, you know, uh, I'm I'm like uh, Marcus. What? Why? Why are you mad? Well, you know, uh, I didn't get to play much, and you know, I, I should be playing more. I know that, and you know, I'm I'm a good player. You know, I was an All American in college. I said, okay, wait, wait, time out. Everybody, quiet down. Okay, everybody who was an All American college, raise your hand. Everybody, raise their hand. Everybody <laughs> here has been an All American. You need to. You'll relax. Get your time. But you know, you, everyone here did what you did and more. <laughs> Oh, go ahead, Ricky. No, I'm just saying it's just to echo that. It's the cream of the crop. It's it's the guy that can make the adjustments. The people realize. I know a lot of people out there, and I hope I'm gonna educate a little few people tonight. Kevon Looney uh, played a little point guard and handled the ball and all of that stuff Um, in high school. Anthony Davis handled the ball. You know, a lot of guys handled the ball. And, you know, it's just a different game today. But here's the thing about what your question was, Ricky. When you come in the NBA, you, if you're, you're not going to be one of those superstars. The odds are rare, are very small. So you, if you didn't get drafted first five, ten picks, whatever, and get that <laughs> opportunity to showcase your skills, you have to find other ways to get yourself involved, to get in the games, to make the league, first of all. And that means conforming to the team. Uh, guys that are scoring, like me, when I first came in, I come in as a rookie. So even though I came in from CBA, um, I was averaging a lot of points, and that's why they brought me in. But I didn't come in getting uh, a lot of shots. My first game, I got uh, three shots. The first game that I actually played, the first night I got to New Jersey and we had a game, I didn't play. So coach put me in after two or three games down the road, after a few practices, I got three shots. I'm a guy that was used to taking 17 to 20 shots. So I had to know who I am, what my role was. And if I wanted to get more shots, I had to continue to produce and practice. And then that's how you get the, the trust of the coaches. And then that's your you, then your game is based off of that. You'll get your opportunity. Yeah, and you, yeah. And I tell players still to this day, to get to the top level, you have to have one elite skill and then you have to do everything else good. So 
you, you know, if you're a scorer, you need to be a scorer and, and then do that at an elite level, which you did, Derek. And then everything else, passing, defense, all that, you need to do well, and then you'll, you'll be okay. But then you need to know that that's your skill. So, right. you know, like, I mean, I could count on my hand in 12 years in the NBA, uh, less than uh, 10 times that I get more than 15 shots in a game in 12 years in the NBA. And, and you know, I started for, for a season of stuff, but that wasn't my role. My role was to take shots when they're there, set picks, rebound, score in the post, you know, pass. I was a good passer. And, you know, players out there, you guys got to realize there's more ways than to be valuable to your coach and your team than just scoring. There's rebounding. There's passing. There's defense. All that is valuable and will get you on the court and, and help you become a better player. Hey, Paul, my two best moments of my entire basketball career, and I've been around the game, period, since I was about six years old, 53 years, my biggest basketball moments. Uh, Bill Raftery, Paul, you remember that name? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Bill Raftery. Great announcer. Bill, Great. Bill, Rafter Bill Raftery told me I was a bad man after a game. <laughs> uh, that and Bill Fitch. Um, <laughs> Bill Fitch told me, told everybody in the press that I had become a better player as when I first came in. When I came in, my role was to score. I had 96 points. I told you that, guys, that story before I got my first assist. So, <laughs> oh, true story. True story. 96 points before I got my first assist. That was my role, though, Paul. Yeah, for but sure. I, yeah. I, I practiced more, and they started seeing other aspects of my game. With the best compliment he ever gave me when he when he said that I've become a better player uh, after my back and all that, and I came back, I had started getting better with the rebounds and the steals and the passing lanes and all that. And when Bill Fitch, a three-time champion, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, DJ on and on, Danny Ainge, when that guy tells you that Derek has done phenomenal job of becoming a better all-around player that's the best compliment i ever got in my entire basketball career and then it allows you to get the minutes to be able to score up to the level that you can score like let's yeah. let's face it if i'm a coach and i'm looking at the three of us you know and, and i have a team i'm the head coach Derek, i need you to score we're going to get you the ball in the right place where do you want it uh I, you're going to score for us uh, Paul, I need you to rebound and block out and be physical and, and be a good post player. Ricky, I need you to sit on the bench, cheer those guys on. <laughs> but you, Ricky, you laughing, but that's true. That's a that's a role for real. Hey, ML Carr, baby. Paul, isn't that a true Jack Haley, my teammate? Rest in peace, Jack Haley. Jack Haley, yep. yeah. I remember West Ma Haley. West West Matthews. That's a that's a role. Yeah. <laughs> A absolutely, man. It is the well, place. We have any more comments out there, Ricky? Yeah, you know what? We got a ton of them. And right now I'm having problem, having a little problem getting uh to the page. But uh but while I, I'm working on that, I'd I'd like for you to uh guys to address uh your thoughts on uh Ben Simmons so far after sitting out all last year. Tough one. Go ahead, yeah, I mean, I, I really haven't. I've seen clips of them. I've seen a little part of one game, um, you know, so I, I really can't give that much feedback. I think, you know, uh, you know, we talked about we just talked about having roles. Right. And Ben Simmons role should be 
uh, handling the ball when he has it, getting downhill to the basket, passing the ball, and defending their best player. Because that's what that's how you can be valuable to the team. And for what I'm hearing and or seeing, uh, he's not really buying into that now. Uh, you know, let's face it, he, he's been away from the game for almost two years, right? I mean, you know, he sat out and he's been hurt or whatever. So, you know, it's like uh, Clay when he, you know, People are kind of criticizing him. He says, I had two major injuries. And I was out for two years. It's going to take time. I think maybe the same thing for Ben Simmons. But the difference between those guys is Clay is one of the hardest workers in the NBA. I'm not so sure Ben Simmons is. Wow. This is going to break my heart to say, but I'm going to say it, man. Ben is killing us. Uh, <laughs> we're playing four. We're playing four against five offensively. Oof. It's sad. Uh, Paul is like, I throw it over to you on the wing really quick. I'm Ben, Paul. I throw it over to you, and I just run over to you and try to set a screen or something. Uh, I don't know what kind of play that is. I don't even know if that is a play, but that's what Ben's doing. If he gets three shots in the game, all of them are alley-oops. So Kyrie or whoever might penetrate and Ben roll to the basket, they throw it up. That's Those are his three shots. Other than that, He's doing nothing offensively. It's hurting the team. Um, it's causing KD to go one-on-one more than he normally would have to. It's causing Kyrie to have to go one-on-one more than they would have to. Uh, there's no cohesion whatsoever. Uh, there's no ball movement. There's no structure. Ben is just uh, basically out there, Paul. It's like we're uh, putting a cone out there almost, uh, and you just try to uh, dodge the cone like we're in a maze or something. And that's what Ben is doing. He's, he's slowing his own team down. And I hate to see that, uh, say that, but that's what I've been seeing from this stagnating their offense. So they got to have to figure out how long do you continue to start, Ben, if it doesn't get better in the next couple of weeks? And that's where I'm headed with it. Yeah, I mean, do you turn to Westbrook and you bring him off the bench? I, I don't know. And that, what, is might, that to, what is that to his confidence and what happens then? You know, but, <laughs> what confidence? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I heard that, like, yeah, the other day I heard um, uh, a reporter that, you know, the guy knows his stuff. He's been, and he's been to games in person. And he said, you know what? People are think that uh, Ben Simmons is afraid to shoot because he, you know, he's afraid to miss him. And uh, he goes, I don't think that's true. I think he's afraid to make a play and have the ball in his hands and get fouled and go to the free throw. Go to the line. He got yeah. a mental block. Mental yeah, block. but but the problem is of my problem. I mean, let's face it, there's been some horrific free throw shooters, right? Right. Shaq yeah. and all these guys, they were. 28%, 30%. At this point in the season, Ben Ben Simmons is shooting 47, almost 50% from the free throw line. But here's another what, problem. What are you Paul? afraid of? That doesn't even he stand said, out. I mean, well, remember now, remember that play Kyrie was uh, yelling in the paint when he threw the ball. Yeah. He was yelling, shoot. That's one play. And Ben, uh, I think the next game, Ben shot an air ball layup. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I'd like to, you know, remind, I'd like to mention things before they become big things. Yeah, he's already yelled at him about shooting, yeah. and he still wouldn't shoot even though he was four feet from the basket, and then he shoots an air ball layup the next game. <laughs> so there's something to just keep your eye on, man. They might have to bring him out of the lineup and try something different. You know what? You All you young players out there, you know how you could avoid from shooting an air ball layup? Use the backboard. <laughs> Airball layout. 6'9, 6'10. You know, guys, Dennis Rodman went to the Hall of Fame, couldn't shoot free throws. You know, he could dunk it 
and that's that's about it. Every now and then he hit a jump jumper. Could could Ben kind of model his game and no. become that defender or rebounder? <laughs> he doesn't could, have that. He doesn't could, have that mentality. No, Ricky, could could no, he? No, thank you. Could he? Absolutely, could he? He's six ten, two thirty. Really like could he? Absolutely. Will he? No, because Rodman didn't care. Rodman played as hard as anybody. Rodman knew his role and played hard, aggressive. Rodman, Rodman was one of the most aggressive players ever. And Ben Simmons is the opposite of that. So could he? Sure, but can't Willie? Ricky, no. if you got a dog that running hide under the bed, don't think you're gonna be fooling people. Too long. <laughs> okay, you're gonna you protect either, my you, house. You either got you either got a dog or you don't. So <laughs> when you mentioned Robin, it's kind of that's a that's a tough comparison because Robin. <laughs> one thing about Robin, once he gets his shoes on and gets in the game, he's yeah, he's gonna get the shoes on first. But once he gets in, he's giving you 100%. You know that. And so he just wasn't a scorer. Now, here's the thing. Rodman did shoot sometimes. Yeah. He could hit that little jumper. Yeah. Ben is not even – they stand off of Ben. Now, Ricky, you – okay, you're standing at that dotted line in there, in the free throw line, where they call the charges, the offensive fouls. Right. If you get that that close and you still won't shoot, do you think you're a detriment to your team? Yeah, I mean, how much? Yeah. How much further? Yeah, how much further? No doubt. What do I have to do? Stand out of bounds for you to realize that I'm stand giving you the shot? <laughs> I'm just saying. Ben, I mean, I hate to see him like that, man. I think Ben is not a bad shooter, but it's not something going on. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Dennis Rodman is one of the best rebounders ever in the game ever. Rick, so. Hey, Paul. Uh, Paul, let me ask you this quickly. On a serious note, does 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 uh, Ben kind of remind you ment- mentally? When uh, Markel Fultz was going through his thing, yes, yeah, that, it, it, he got mental. He got a hitch in his shot, and then you know he was lost. Now I think he's doing better now, but you know that's so true. I mean, that's like you know what if if you get yourself a watchdog for your house, and anytime the doorbell rings, he runs under your bed. He ain't gonna protect your house. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Hey, uh, Mark, Mark Sanchez, Claire, uh, is touting the the uh, play of the uh, Denver Nuggets and not those fakers. He says, oh, "Your thoughts, boy. your thoughts on Denver." Hey, Mac, I talked to Mac about Denver before. Um, I picked Denver to win it all, but right now they're struggling, uh, including the loss with the Lakers. I believe they're four and four, aren't they, Ricky? Four and three, four and four. Uh, I got the standing. Yeah, they the four and three, four and four. So uh, right now they're still getting to know each other. Um, but you know, yes. last night Bones Highland didn't play, which is a big loss. But still, they were out of sync. And yeah, uh, four I, and what, three, Derek. Four, four and three. three. Okay. One thing I'm happy about is Jamal Murray looks uh, healthy right now. You know, it's still early, uh, but he's been dunking the ball. Uh, he's got some explosiveness, so that's a good sign. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has been playing phenomenal. Uh, since he's been back. Uh, so they still have to incorporate all these uh, new guys, the Bruce Browns, the Jeff Green, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and DeAndre Jordan. They're still getting familiar with each, with each other. Uh, so I say down the line, uh, Denver's going to be a force to be reckoned with. But, hey, right now it's still early in the season. And, and yeah. Chris Ramsey uh, – no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to – uh, Chris Ramsey asked, why keep Ben Simmons if he is declining? And then in, in college, Buddy Hill uh, 
My, Buddy Hale from OU beat Ben Simmons at LSU. You know, Ben Simmons says the LSU teams kind of underachieved in college uh, also. My question yeah. to you is, what What do you mean keep them? What are your options? Nobody wants them. You know, it's not – the NBA is a very complicated business. Salary caps, uh, contract matchups. Um, you know, you can't – and somebody actually has to want him. It's like Westbrook's deal. You know, nobody – he makes $47 million. Nobody wants that contract except now – um, I think I was wrong. I thought he had a player's option next year, but I think this is his last year. So his contract is actually valuable because it comes off your books next year, which affects the salary cap. And uh, for people out there that don't understand, the salary cap in the NBA is is uh, one point is one hundred thirty million dollars, one hundred thirty five million. You can spend uh, more than that, but any dollar you spend after that, you have to match. You have to match fifty percent of it, and you give it back to the league. So. Like if you're looking at Golden State, you're looking at the Lakers, you're looking at these teams, they're spending 180 million uh, on salary, but add another 20 million to that. So you're looking at $200 million salary expense for this year. So, you know, it comes into play and, you know, why are they holding on to Ben Simmons? Well, he's been traded once or twice, whatever he has, no one wants him. So you can't get anything for him. I, and you can't, I guess you could send them home, I guess. That gentleman mentioned uh, Buddy Hill, uh, Oklahoma. Here's the difference between Buddy Hill and Ben coming out of college. Uh, Buddy Hill is known as a very good shooter. Uh, I think he was a pretty good defender down, you know, playing in Oklahoma. I got to see him play several times. But he was no Ben Simmons when you talk about the hype. Ben Simmons was a defensive player, Magic Johnson potentially coming out. And that was the hype he had. So when you're looking at people like Ben, they're going to get the nod before Buddy healed. Uh, it didn't make him a better player. And some it was one guy who was a genius out there because he pretty much described Ben Simmons from the top to bottom before he was even drafted. Uh, as far about the attitude, uh, the drive, did Ben really want to be great at this game, all those things. So you don't know that sometime until you actually get a guy in the house. and. Hey, sometimes you find out later. You you don't you find out you didn't have what you thought you had. I'm telling you what, the NBA draft process is as complicated and detailed as you can get. Uh, they have psychological uh, tests. They have all this stuff. But you're right, Derek. You know, people players can get around that. You know, for a short time, for an hour interview. But you you'll you won't find out what you have till you actually get them in house for sure. Hey, guys, we, we only got a couple of uh, minutes left, and uh, I want to remind everybody to check out our new page, uh, We Got Next. Uh, we're going to be streaming there. We're streaming there tonight as well as uh, on uh, D. Gerv and Big Mo, but the name change is from <clears throat> D. Gerv to Big Mo to We Got Next. You also, Ricky, you also have, there's, a, there's different We Got Next out there, so it's We Got Next. Uh, Derek yeah. Gervin and Paul Mokeski talking basketball and yeah. more. And I was, yeah. I was about to go there. Uh, yeah. yeah, we got next Derek Gervin, Paul Mokeski, and Ricky Hampton talking basketball and more. Ricky, uh, and we on the Believe uh, Network. Sports Network. So you can right. get our show anywhere you get your podcast. Go in there and type in We Got Next with Derek Gervin, Paul Mokeski, and uh, the show will come up. Yeah, go ahead, D. 
I've no, I wanted to say uh, next week we, you know, we talk basketball, but it's not always just basketball. Uh, we didn't get it. We didn't get to the subject tonight, but I got to say it quickly. How about those Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> Buffalo Bills? I mean, man, it's going to be exciting in the NFL as well. Uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins. You got so many teams out here that are surprising, just like we talked about in the NBA. So, hey, nothing like a good day of sports. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to our show and being with us. Uh, we hope you continue to as we continue to grow. Hey, one thing I do want to hit on before we go, uh, the big game here in Michigan over the weekend was the oh, Michigan-Michigan State uh, game. Uh, tremendous rivalry. Game took place in the big house. Uh, if you're a college football fan, that's a place you need to go watch a game. Uh, Michigan Stadium holds over 100,000 uh, fans. The thing about it, if you're in Ann Arbor, they out the tongue. If you don't, if you don't know you're driving past the big house, you could easily miss it. Because so there's there's decent golf course right next to it, Ricky. Right, and it's a golf course right across. We had we had training but, camp when I was at the Pistons there. But but the thing, guys, uh, it's only one way in and one way out for the teams uh, going into the big house, and everybody probably knows after the game the other night there was a skirmish. Uh, between some Michigan and Michigan State players, four members of the Michigan State team have, have been uh, suspended for their role in uh, jumping uh, two of the uh, Michigan players as they headed out of the tunnel. And people have been talking about the tunnel uh, the past couple of weeks. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a skirmish when Michigan played Penn State. But, guys, people have been coming out of that tunnel for as long as Michigan's been playing football there. Times have changed, my friend. Times have changed. Interaction has changed. All violence in the community is accepted, and it's gone rampant, and it's changed. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, like – we were talking, I think, last year about the handshake line. There was instant in there, and and now we're talking about the tunnel. It's not the first time there's been a skirmish in the tunnel. And uh, you know, when you get in groups, the violence in society has changed. Just look at what happened in Seoul, South Korea, on a on a on a, a Halloween night when hundreds of thousands met the streets and trying to go into. Uh, uh, bars and, and places, and and they got jammed into a smaller uh, road, and 150 people were trampled and smushed to death. Because once you start that going, it gets crazy. And when you when you look at that footage, you know. So the the way it's done is the visiting team goes in first, and then they get into their locker room, and then the uh, home team, Michigan, goes in second. And they go that in their locker room. But the problem is when you got over 100 people getting going at the same time into that tunnel kind of gets mixed up. Now I'm telling you, I don't know how two Michigan players got caught up in all those white uniforms of the Michigan state people. They went in there. I don't know how they got in there because they're right in the middle of it. And the Michigan people uh, players were still out there and they got pummeled. They got pummeled by helmets. They got kicked uh, until uh, and One the, guy has a concussion. Yeah, Paul, that, uh, let me say this quickly. Go ahead. Um, Ricky, well, the this other, is a problem. Oh, yeah, the other the other thing that kind of tells where we're at now, Derek, is none of the other players that were standing there 
tried to stop it. Oh, great. They just watched. We're in a different era. Let me say this quickly, Ricky. This is part of the problem people never factor in. Remember now, we're in the social media uh, media era. Some of these guys talk on social media. You know that, right? So this is beyond just the football field. A lot of things are going on that people are, don't seem to be uh, paying attention to. When you have social media and these guys on there interact on there like they do on Snapchat and all these other sites, you might have some things that carry over that, that are bigger than just the field. And that I'm thinking they might have to start right now at this point. They got to start thinking about, do you really want the handshake lines? I'm being honest. We got a lot of mm-hmm. sensitive people out there today. Well, you saw it in, you saw it in the Bills Packers game last night, right? There was a defensive back for the Packers and a receiver for the Bills that have had an ongoing uh, feud. And they, 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 were, they were yelling at each other coming out of the, uh, the same tunnel uh, before the <laughs> game. And then they got into it during, they had a breakaway to it pushing shut the whole game they were doing that so you know it's it's a different era but my other question is you know you know come on man is michigan michigan state come on man you know there's going to be a problem in the huddle come on man get enough security and damn coaches there to make sure people are separated but you know what guys i watch uh nba players go at it for 48 minutes and and after the game you know, unless it's a playoff series, but even at the end of the playoff series, after the game, they're not shaking hands. But at the end of that series, they're giving dap because, you know, you've given it your all. You, you just beat us. Y'all were the better team. I, I, I actually think for in most instances, the pros do a better job of that than, than uh, some of our younger people. You'll see guys taking pictures with uniforms. I, I know, Paul, you're absolutely right about what went down with Green Bay and, uh, and Buffalo with uh, Alexander and uh, I believe it was Diggs. But for the most part, the professionals do a pretty good job with that. Respect the sport. You guys agree? Yeah. Or, or just no, agree? yeah, I mean, yeah, because guess what? We're men. We have families. But these kids in college, they don't, they're kids, you know, yeah. and, and they get emotional. And I mean, Derek, and we've talked about this before. Go to an AAU tournament and see how ridiculous that is. Yeah. The, uh, HBO and, and ESPN just did a series on the violence against referees, umpires, and how people, uh, umpire and a referee have been killed. They've been killed by, by fans at kids' games, you know? Think before you, think before you act. Yeah, or it's react, just. Uh, react. But like these events, I'm, I'm, you know, we talked, we talked about the handshake line. Well, you know, you should have enough, you know, professionalism to go through a handshake line. But I don't know if you guys, you guys play little league baseball. I remember, I remember sometimes, you know, you little league baseball, you always had the handshake line, and I remember sometimes my hand was a little wet when I shook someone's hand, and you know, <laughs> so you know, maybe it's time now to just. Get rid of handshake lines and get rid of the same tunnel. Or you got to at least have. I mean, Derek, you played overseas. I've been overseas. You know, they separate fans with with armed guards and and and, and SWAT gear because of that. Hey, hey, hey! Uh, uh, I think Mac Sanchez Claire says it best. We live in a violent society. Sportsmanship and gentlemanship 
behavior has gone the way of the bell bottoms and hula hoops. <laughs> and afros. <laughs> well, afros not, are all, <laughs> not all the way, though, Rick. You still have some good people out there. Um, oh, yeah. this, just this just happens far too often now. But you still got a lot of people that know how to behave the right way. So we always got to look at, look at the positive. Um, I'm not going to give up. As long as we have the majority that still know how to behave, I think eventually we can hopefully get this turned around for the better. Yeah, you just got to be careful. And, and, and there's, I mean, look at all the, the the kids that are getting shot and killed at parties now. I mean, when we were kids, you know, if we're going to fight, we're going to have a fist fight. Now they, they pull out guns and it's it's over. So, you know, you, you just, uh, you know, you, like you say, you, you got to be faith. careful. Keep the faith. Chris Ramsey, the, the, the worst player in the NBA in the 90s was Mad Max Vernon Maxwell. And then Ron Artest. I think Artest played in the, and, uh, somehow, somehow, I'm a, somehow I'm gonna get Vern on this show. Uh, I've talked to him uh, within the, within the last month and a half, two months, and I really want him on this show. And Ricky, to end the night because I know we got to go. Yeah, I tell you that's that sweater and that picture behind you, man. That's popping. That's fire. That's <laughs> you look good, man. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> what guys you talking about? What are you talking about? Your, your sweater you have on and a picture behind you. Oh, oh. Well, this it is matches, my... Uh... It, matches, it, matches, you don't have to, it matches your sweater, sir. Go back like you were. Don't mess up my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, that's my uh, Virginia Union Panther t-shirt. And, well, uh, the sweater is the... The picture, yeah. if you look in the middle of the picture behind you when you get off, it matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, well, guys, this has been a great hour and, a, and some change. Thank everybody for tuning in. Please check out our new page. Uh, uh, we got next, Derek Gervin and Paul Mokeski. Uh, I got it on the comment section. I, I, I apologize. For some reason, I was having trouble getting through the comment page tonight. Uh, so I don't know if I got everybody's comments, but we appreciate them. Uh, and we try to get to all of them. And I'll work on getting that fixed for next week. But until then, for Derek Gervin and Paul Mokeski, I'm Ricky Hampton. I'll see you next Monday. Peace, everybody. Everybody have check, a great night. Stay check safe. Check us out on the Believe, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Believe. Believe. All right, Peace, Paul, y'all take it. Have a good, have a good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.